Hello, my name is Jay Treb, and welcome back to the Miseducation of Music, where we talk about music, the past, the present, the future, the process, and everything, man. Today, I have an awesome guest with me for some homie talk. This is one of my longest homies right here. We've known each other, been rocking with each other since high school. He's part of our awesome friend group. Uh, his name is Bobby Hopkins, man. Say hello. Say hello. Hey, what's going on? Awesome. Now, we got an awesome topic today. I'm super excited to talk about it because this guy right here has put me on to a lot of the music in this genre that I listen to because, like, this is just an awesome genre. And I know that this gets away from, you know, the rap that we usually talk about on here, but I'm super excited to talk about something different. And today we're going to be talking about alternative music, man. Uh, and just to give a brief little... Uh, a brief little description of what alternative music is described by Marion Webster. It is music that is produced by performers who are outside of the musical mainstream, typically in regards to electric, original, or challenging than most popular music, such as conventional pop rock or country. Yeah, we don't know if we quite agree with that definition. Uh, just to start off, Bob, what, what do you think your definition of uh, alternative music? Maybe give like an example with an artist or something, but what do you consider more to be alternative music? Well, I mean, really up to this point and where we are, like, it's just kind of taken over to be anything that's new that hasn't been tried before. Like Anything, anything that, that doesn't, hasn't been put in a genre. It yeah, if it doesn't <laughs> cookie cutter fit into the genre, they're just like, oh, that's alternative now. So it's really, really broad. And that's part of what we want to dive into here today. Exactly. Because, I mean, like, how can you just say something's alternative? Like, I, like, there almost seems to be no criteria, even from the definition that I just said, like, that that's such a loose definition and uh the urban dictionary version of it was like uh soft rock and intense pop that's yeah. that's what they said alternative was and i was like well, that that slightly makes more sense than webster but still like it's it's a genre in and of itself and it's become one it's not a sub of every single genre i don't think well billboards mag billboard magazine's original charts listed it as modern rock too yeah, see, like, because the alternative tag alone comes from rock music. It was alternative rock before we started throwing alternative into, you know, the mainstream. Because it was like, hey, we, we don't want to call this pop. Because it's not, you know, like the cookie cutter pop song. Everybody's dancing to it on the radio. Like, things like that. It's not like a club jam. It's just good music. And it's almost like if it's a good song that we kind of fuck with, we just go, you know, it's alternative. Yeah, no, and then it's almost like the entire genre system has broken down in the past few years and just anything's getting thrown in there. But, yeah. like, it's really hard to categorize art like that. Yeah, like, I don't even I don't know even about know doing why genres in yeah. music, period, at this point. Like, why are we still on that? But, uh, I mean, now, like, basically everything can be thrown into alternative if you really think about it. It's, like, crazy how many things can be thrown into alternative. So, man, uh... Give me a couple of alternative artists that you know about, or I'll just let's 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 dive into a couple different alternative artists that are you know listed on like online. Because I know I saw bands such as you know uh, Smashing Pumpkins, Weezer, Cage the Elephant, uh, Twenty One Pilots, definitely just bands like that. Like, what are some bands that you got in your alternative genre? Um, so my main ones are like, it's more like light rock, uh, Blink One Eighty Two, Sum Forty One. Hell yeah. Uh, Jim Eat World is another yes. good one. He's a great one. Uh, Foo Fighters back Foo from the Fighters. 90s. Uh, I haven't heard them in a while, though. For real, but man. But they're a great one. And then just 
it's basically anything that came out in the 2000s. The bleachers were awesome. Yeah, the uh, bleachers. You've seen them live a couple times, right? Yeah, I saw them back at the first picnics here in Chicago. Man, that's that's crazy, dude. I know they had to be a good time to go see. That was actually, the first one I went to was a crazy concert because I got to see Capital Cities, 21 Pilots, and uh, the bleachers all on a side stage. None of them were on the main stage. That's they crazy. were all so early was, sets. Was that before that like all of them like took off, took off? Yeah, that was like, their first few years i want to say it was 2010 oh my god no no it was later than that it was, was like that, maybe that was 12 like, yeah like 12 13 yeah that's what yeah that sounds like but man that's crazy because like all of those bands are pretty well known in the alternative community now like all the bands you just named are like like legit legit bands but i'm sure that when you were seeing them on a side stage they were all just like a hey you want to see this set like you know yeah no it was actually one of the weirder things because i knew those bands the most out of anyone there at that concert and then awol nation was actually the headliner for the night which was weird because they were the headliner off of that uh that sale song like no that crazy. wasn't even out yet that wasn't out yet no yeah because i know that i know that they did one after sale came out they did some festival here in chicago no they were back at picnic but that first set the they first did set was they did off wasn't? the album before sale wow that's crazy because sales the one that got them like just that that was like the national recognition yeah like, when that came everybody knows that drop that da 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 sale like that is that is one of the craziest little like just like hits into this like almost screaming type and that's one of those ones where that's what i think the alternative genre is like when i hear alternative off the top of my head because of, you know the era we grew up in like listening to those early nine like early uh, late 90s early 2000s bands or even when you get into you know the 2010s to the panic at the discos and stuff like that's what my brain was trained to think alternative was and now in 2010 i don't know what like I don't, I don't know. Like, well, I mean, even that song can be debatable because if you really like look into it and how it was made, you can make the argument that it's EDM. Yeah, it's got lots of EDM roots, yeah. especially the way they use the synths and the drops. Yep. Like, I mean, even when I just mentioned it, I said the drop is memorable. Yeah. And that was EDM was big then. That's when Spring Awakening was getting like national recognition. I mean, absolutely. Like, that was back when like you could get a cheap ticket and then like right after the ticket shot up the next year. Like, it was crazy. They eventually changed parks because they used to do it at Soldier. Yeah, no, honestly, it was way better at Soldier. It's at Adams Medill Park now, yeah, which is everybody, not the same. Every, real, real EDM festival goers were not happy. No, the, yeah. The, the, new, the new raver crowd is like, oh, this is cool because I think they just go and just get drugged out, like, insanely. But, like, the old EDM crowd, like, because that's when I was trying to go back with you when you guys went back in those days. But then when the crowd flipped is when I, I just popped out. I was like, I'll listen at home. I'll catch a set if you know there's a cheap ticket online. But I'm not trying to go three days with all these crazy people now. No, yeah, it really changed that first year at Switch, too. It was a complete difference in the crowd based on where it was held man it's insane and i mean like there's so many awesome venues in chicago and how do you trade soldier field i why Adams? why would you leave <laughs> that's soldier what i'm saying field? like i don't know if it Even, was up to them but I, like why would been, you because i'm like why would you ever leave soldier field like that that's almost a pinnacle type thing like you want your shit to be held at soldier field yeah if you get soldier field or millennium park here you yeah. are not you do not let go park of that too, venue Grant yeah park holds Lollapalooza, and like that would be like if they said yeah Lollapalooza's is moving to like the little park down the street yeah, no, they couldn't do that. Well, Lala's totally different too. They wouldn't have Lala's, space for any of it. Lala's but. Lala's industry. They're making money. Like they leave Lollapalooza in uh, Brazil too. Apparently, that one's crazy. I want to go really? check it out one year. 
Yeah, I didn't you know, even they, know that they, existed. They bring American artists too. Like, I mean, like there's artists from the uh, from like different places around the world. But like Lollapalooza Brazil is apparently crazy, crazy. Because like you just like you're in a different country. You're hearing good music. You're experiencing so many other things. I mean, maybe because we're from Chicago, Lollapalooza doesn't have the same lure to me. Like I remember one year I had a summer class and I was just walking by Lollapalooza and I didn't know I didn't like notice it was going on. Like, and I think that just comes from living in the city. I mean, I'm the same way, too. I've never been to it. I've always known it's going on, but I've never oh, had the yeah. desire to buy the full pass well, like, or you'll anything. Just, you'll just be driving down Lakeshore with your dudes, and you're just like, oh, oh, yeah, that's going on this week. Man, it's about to be a whole bunch of tourists. Like, that's the week that we just don't go downtown. Yeah, you can't get anywhere. <laughs> There's too much traffic. Yeah, it's too many people waiting for Ubers who've never been to Chicago before. Or, like, or, or people, like, buying shirts off, like, homeless dudes, and you're like, where did you get those shirts from for that artist? Like... <laughs> Yeah, no, there's so much un, like unlicensed merch going out. Oh That's hilarious. Oh, my God, dude. I saw a Beyonce concert, and I was surprised, dude. Up and down the entire street leading. You know how you go underneath the tunnel for Soldier Field? Yeah, when yeah, you come, yeah. When you, when you come out of the tunnel, it was just lined with people selling fake Beyonce merch. And I was like, where do you get this much fake Beyonce merch? Like, that is so insane to me. Like, like, are you at home just printing T-shirts, waiting for the day? Like, oh, yeah, let me get a couple more of these on the print. Like, <laughs> Beyonce coming to town. <laughs> yeah, and then three years ago, I was working up at Wrigley Field during it, and I had to commute, like, through it. And mm -hmm. everyone on the train was doing the same thing. They're just like, here's some shirts. Yep. Got shirts. Guys, got your $5. Guys $5. had the PVC pipe tees just, yeah, with, with like the, with shirts the, on hangers with all the over hangers them. hangers into the PVC. Man, yep. that's some real Chicago right there. Man, uh, we're getting a little off topic, but that's cool because this is a homie talk episode. But uh, back to the alternative genre, man. Uh, so uh, alternative. Like we've seen the switch, and I know that I said this earlier. I want to know if you agree because we're on record now. But like I think that 21 Pilots has helped to change the face of alternative in more of a light that I understand. Like not a kind of like – not not a we're throwing this an alternative because it's alternative, but it seems like they've almost tried to create their own persona that is alternative, like with the intent of creating alternative music. And like, I just, I don't know, I just want to pick your brain on that one, because like I when I hear them and I hear their heavy rap influences from hearing them say like lean with it, rock with it, almost like they're a screamo band. But they're talking about like the lean with it, rock with it from hip hop music. Like, and they're screaming it in the microphones almost like a screamo band would, but the beat in the background is almost calm, but it's like got a little bit of chaos going on. And they, they layer things. And the name of that song is Holding On To You. That'll be in this week's playlist. But the way that they layer that music almost seemed like they were trying to intentionally make a, make a alternative genre song. Like, they, they push the boundary. See, I definitely think they helped along the genre, but I don't know if I could go as far as saying it made it more clear-cut or clearly defined. True. Because, like, they went again and did something new, something that hadn't been done before. And, yeah, it was more, like, clearly not the other genres. Yeah, it was It was clearly It was clearly not rap. It was clearly not rock. It was exactly. clearly not the... Like, you, you could clearly say that it's not any of the genres that were there. Yeah, but, like... In the same thing, it's also new, and people just didn't know what to do with it, so it got dubbed alternative. Definitely, I could see that. And, like, but I don't know. The reason why I can give them so much credit, and maybe maybe I'm super fanning. Maybe I'm, I could definitely be super fanning because I'm a huge Swimming Pilots fan. But, like, 
when it comes to the way that they've conveyed things, I've seen it in a different light. Because, I mean, like, every time I think alternative, the only image that pops into my mind is, like, the Green Day Dookie album cover. Like, I'm like, oh, Green Day, like, alternative. And then that makes me think of Fall Out Boy. Fall Out Boy makes me think of, you know, bands such as, like, Paramore, which most people might not put it in there, because Paramore can be considered rock for some of their songs. But, like, I really just start getting that feel of alternativeness like are there any are there any artists where you like get the feel of alternative like you don't you don't think that they just got thrown in because they were new i mean yeah and no uh to certain extents like so bleachers mm-hmm. is a really good one i think for that uh, yeah no they they murder so the song i want to get better great song it, it's a, it is a great song but it's also like totally different they do piano and then they come in yeah, with the choir the choir yeah. on there the save me because i'm sleeping in the back of a- oh my god dude i forgot about that but yeah so bleachers was another great band that came out and sort of defined the alternative space because you could clearly say this isn't from any specific genre just Definitely. like 21 pilots and the way they used piano and their choirs and uh, their vocals, even what their songs say is a little bit different than it's, the norm. It's Man, that message from that song is, is intense. Like, Because, I mean, I've, I feel like I listened to it for at least like a year and a half without ever like really peeping what the message from the song was. Yeah, because they kind of talk about mental health and instability, and yeah. they're like, do I kill myself or do I want to make my life better for my own like gain exactly and like the song itself is like it's almost like it sounds insanely positive but then when you hear what he's saying you're like oh wait nah he's he's going through it like yeah like he definitely says at one point in the song that he's gonna put a bullet in his head yeah like in the song and it's like but it's almost like it feels triumphant at the same time beat wise while he's saying something that's so dark and it's, it's like an internal conflict going on that makes the song even more in-depth. Yeah, they just kind of, like, clash positivity and negativity in, like, two different ways, and it went together really well. I would, I would even make the argument that that is a decent amount of the alternative genre music from the more defined eras of, you know, the late 90s and 2000s. Like, because, I mean, when you look at artists such as uh, Third Eyed Blind, Semi-Charm, Semi-Charm Kind of Life, uh, Jumper, like those those songs are those songs are not amazingly positive, but at the same time when you're listening to them, you're like, I feel a I feel a good vibe from the music you're giving me. But then you hear the lyrics and you're like, Whoa, man, this is this is a little dark here. Like, uh, cause they're uh, they're jumper. That's the I wish you would step back from that ledge, my friend. Like yeah. that's the it's the literal chorus. Well, I mean, and that one's in the song too, or in the name of the song too. You're like, it is. I mean, it's called Jumper. Yeah. I mean, but like, you don't you don't expect what you're gonna hear from an alternative song that came out then. Like, I mean, In Too Deep, Some Forty One. You mentioned them. Like, yeah, that song is sounds really positive, but you know, like, it's it's talking about like going through it. It's another struggle song. This is almost like the the like the version of you know like how rappers are always talking about like the struggle and the grind that they go through and things like that this is this is their version in the alternative genre no yeah it absolutely is and uh another song that's like really on that topic is teenagers by my chemical romance yes man. and they're like the whole time it's all like this great like dance and hype music and yeah, it's all it's positive banging jam like you roll the windows down when you're when you're playing it with your homies yeah but it's all like made over this angsty sort of emotion yeah 
And that, that angst was a big part of it. And I think that that could have something to do with the timestamp, you know, because, like, especially with the fact that we're bringing it back today. I mean, Sum 41's going on tour. Like, we got, we got like, all these bands that, like, came out two decades ago with straight hits that were in American Pie movies and stuff. Like, American Pie movie soundtracks are, like, one of my biggest takeaways alternatively because, like, all of those movies, they tried to find alternative songs. But, like, all of those people who are in that era, they're they're back up again today. Like, I really think that also has a lot to do with our generation. We seem to have, like, a huge affinity for the things that first introduced us to, like... To what specific, we're fucking with now. Yeah, a specific subject or something like that. Yeah, because, like, we're, we're giving everybody credit now. This is, like, this is, the, this is the perfect time for credit. I mean, from the producer to the artist to the people in the band, this is the time when people are, like, actually finding out all that information and people are, like, also, like, giving them the props that they deserved back in the day. Because, I mean, like... They, these bands weren't around for a large portion of the social media age. They were around during MySpace time. MySpace time was huge. That was a large push for the uh, for the alternative genre. I mean, Panic at the Disco got signed by Pete Wentz after posting on Pete Wentz's MySpace page when he was looking for artists for his new label. Like, and they, I think their post was like a super troll. It was like an early 2000s troll where it was like a, hey, we're better than you. Click the link and find out why. Like, <laughs> super troll post, but like, this Just was like- full clickbait. Yeah, clickbait all day. But I mean, like, they were getting found off of things like this. Like, these were, these were garage bands that were like, we love rock, but we're making something new. I mean, uh, we've been- well, like in our friend group, we've been listening to a decent amount of alternative music. Uh, shout out to our homie Ryan, who runs the Gladiator Hour podcast. He's been uh, he's been pumping Evanescence into everyone's ears uh, for the last two days. But we've been listening to a lot of like things like Panic at the Disco. And when you listen, like Panic at the Disco was seventeen during that first album, Fever. You can't sweat out. It is not only a cohesive body of work; it is a completely different sound than everything that was being given at that time. Like. That that like I put that up there with like the Green Day Dookie, you know, like the Fallout Boy albums with the uh, Dance Dance and Sugar We're Going Down, like that was that was up there with those albums in terms of like we're making a change, like we're we're showing you something new, and I think that that was the start of the like grouping. We don't know what they sound like. I mean, Panic at the Disco went from making an album that almost sounded like rock and like orchestral influence. Their next album was folk influenced. And with the album right after that being folk influence, it's almost like, like, where do you put them? Well, and that's one of the other things. Like we've been talking a lot about how alternative music kind of doesn't have a place. But I also think the genre is amazing for that because it allows bands to go and do different things. Like your first album doesn't have to be even remotely close to the sound of your second album or yeah, anything I, thereafter. The, the second track on your album doesn't have to sound like the first track on your album, especially when you get, when you get labeled with that alternative banner, which is cool for some people. Yeah, like, no, it's it, definitely it definitely can be used for like good things. It gives like artists so much more creative freedom to and through that they can like go and express themselves in totally different ways that aren't like the conventional genres exactly i think that's also crucial too and i think that's why i've always appreciated the genre so much the freedom and the creativity that comes from that music you can you can almost feel it like the second you hear the song you're like these guys can do whatever they want or these girls i'm sorry i don't want to be sexist but like these people can do whatever they want in music. Like, it's almost like they have no rules. They have no guidelines. Like, they're not worried about if that guitar riff on the on the second song has, you know, like, a killer hook that's, like, rock. They're like, if it sounds hot, we're going to use it. Well, uh, 
Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I actually have a question for you, if you don't mind. Shoot. Um, so I'd like to know if you can remember what was your first exposure to like the current alternative genre. The current? So are you talking about like how we're talking about it in 2010 or like we're talking like back when the first time I heard a song that was alternative and I was like, I think I can fuck with this. Yeah, let's go with that. So if I, if I had to like think of one because like I know that my sister put me on to so many. Shout out to my sister. I don't know if I've ever mentioned her on this podcast, but she's one of the most awesome people. I credit her for a lot of, you know, the music knowledge I have today. But she went to school, uh, predominantly white Catholic school. So that's when my music taste started changing around. And I remember when she came home with a mix CD, it had Fall Out Boy, Panic, and uh, N2D by Sum 41. We were talking about that yesterday. But, like, she came home with that mix CD, and it was bumped in her room every day. Our rooms are wall-to-wall. So, like, the first songs I was hearing were, like, uh, what's that? Uh, Lying's the Most Fun a Girl Can Have from the Panic at the Disco album, uh, Into Deep Sum 41, and then uh, what's that Fallout Boy song? Dance Dance. Like, those songs, I vividly remember, like, hearing them when I'm just in my room, you know, either, like, playing with Nerf guns, being a kid, or doing something stupid. And, like, my sister's blasting these in her room. And I was like, these are these are hot songs. Like, I remember asking her to, like, make me copies of the CD. And, you know, like, after that, we both started getting into Panic at the Disco. She went to some Fallout shows back in the day. I was too young to go, and I was so angry. But, like, that was really, like, my first exposure to it. And I know, like, definitely... uh <laughs> I don't know if people put this in their genre, but I put Coldplay in there. And Viva La Vida, that's another early one that I vividly remember. Like, I remember, like, Andy then on my iPod. Like, I I need to hear that one when I'm, like, not in the house. Like, I need to just keep it on me in my music library. Yeah, I was actually really big on that one, too. That's a great song. Man, The Scientist, what else did they have back in the day? Uh, They had a lot of hits, man. Uh, it was that Viva La Vida album. I can't remember the name of it. I can't remember the name of the album either, but it was a good album, man. Like they did a lot of they did a lot of good uh good songs back in the day. And that dude's voice is just so calming. Like Viva La Vida is one of the coolest songs to fall asleep to. <laughs> oh yeah, no, and just the feeling you get from the song, it's like it's very triumphant. regal and triumphant. So triumphant. Like, you feel like a king. Like yeah, I mean no. he's he's talking about like literally like just walking through the streets like the old king is dead long live the king like and you you feel the lyrics when he puts it in there now on the flip side of that what uh, what was your first exposure uh i actually think i had a really good first exposure to the genre mm-hmm. um my very first i think exposure to it that i can remember was i saw the gives you hell music video oh by all God, american rejects that video was so dope yeah, and at the end, they're just like, there's groups chanting, gives you hell on the lawns, yeah, and it's just ridiculous. It. Oh my God, that's such a hit. That's definitely yeah. in the playlist. That's going to be the first song in the playlist for this week's episode. Um, um, that and, one, along with the Dirty Little Secret video, oh, oh yeah, my no, God, that was a hot one. They had great music videos all for that American entire, rejects, like... they were killing it. The genre, Man, that was a good time period for music videos in all genres. Oh, yeah. And uh, for anyone wondering, that album by Coldplay is called Viva La Vida or Death and All of His Friends. Yep. Yep. Oh, that was a good one. That was a good one. Man, that's that's a really interesting exposure. Like, I I don't like I've seen that video and I don't like that definitely would have got me into it. Yeah, no, it's it's a great exposure. They're just slamming on guitars. It's like a huge party, but you're like, fuck the world, you know? Yeah, that's what the entire song's really about. Like, the song's just about like, man, like. I don't care about you that much, and I'm going to let you know with a smile on my face. 
And like, the, there's an awesome little guitar part in there where they're just like, it's like a solo right after like the first verse into the second verse. And this dude is just hitting these high notes and just bending the strings. It's so dirty, man. No, and I think Alternative's great for that too. You get a lot of really great guitarists oh, coming out. A lot of uniqueness. Like, a lot of uniqueness. There are guitar riffs that no one would have ever thought of if they were just trying to create rock albums. Exactly. And I think that's that's an element of music that just needs to be brought back entirely into every genre. Just the ability to, you know, have that freedom. Like a lot of people aren't using that like freedom musically to create something brand new. And these are like these people we're talking about, these are pioneers of what we're hearing today. And you can tell that they're pioneers. You could tell that they've influenced a different like group and generation of artists. Like the people who are coming up who are like in their uh, mid twenties, like early early twenty uh, early twenties, things like that. Like those people were influenced by you know like the Third Eyed Blinds, the Bowling for Soups, like those groups like that. I mean, even even to like talk about Bowling for Soup more, like they ended up doing the Phineas and Ferb theme song. Like that's how big they got. Like, and that's, like, these are the people who, like, Stacy's mom, they did the remake on that one uh, from the Fountain of Wayne original. And if you listen to them back to back, you can hear the alternative additions. You can hear, like, well, what, what's considered to be the alternative. But, like, you can hear what they added to it, how they made it their own and things like that. Or even when you hear uh, Brendan Erie from Panic at the Disco do songs such as uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Like, he kills that song. He almost does it just as good as Queen, but it's got his new twist on it. It's a new take on it, and it sounds great. Um, now, bringing it more toward the new era, alternative has been considered a genre where it's almost like anything that came out that we can't put a finger on. And we've said that already in this pod, but, like, just to bring it into the mainstream and bring it more to like if for the listeners who may not know about all these early 2000s bands we were talking about Lil Nas X even the uh the the song uh Old Town Road and how that crosses over into the country it's in rap and now almost people are just like it's alternative it's alternative country it's alternative rap and it's it seems like such a cop out to me yeah, but then you also, like, within that, you have the issue where back in the 70s, the genres were kind of formed, and then in order to chart on Billboard, you had to stay you within to those genres. Genre, yeah. So then artists were kind of, like, locked in, and they were like, I need to stay within this. If it doesn't sound too country, I'm not going to chart, so, yeah. like... How do I get on a country chart? If it doesn't sound too rap, how am I going to chart on the rap chart? Things like that. Because Billboard also has a history of removing bands who, like, even if they chart in a certain genre, if they don't deem it part of that genre, exactly. you will get pulled from and the that, Billboard. That happened to Lil Nas X, and it was crazy that that happened. I mean, like, because his song was a country song. I mean, like, I'd say that. I'd say that. But, like, if someone asked me, is it a rap song? i say it's a rap song, too. Like almost, almost due to the more, more so due to the beat that's used, the way he comes on to the beat. It's a rap cadence with a country flow. Like, and like, it's almost like, why do we even need genres anymore? Like, he's one of those people that I think might pioneer something that we don't even like. We can't see the effects of yet. Yeah, no, absolutely, and that, like, we should just get rid of genres in this day and age, 
with how you can Drop search them. through music because originally they were f- to help like people help find music find, they like new music they like and like at this point with how search engines and the internet work i don't think we really need that because you can search like any song like you can search four words from a single song and probably get the song as the first hit on exactly Google. and if you want to find something new with applications that we have such as you know apple music spotify title all these awesome streaming services like if you list, if you listen to one song, your phone's gonna be like, oh, so you like that? Here's another song that sounds similar. It it might not even be in the same genre. Like I know, uh, especially when I'm scrolling on a uh, Spotify and they give me a list because I listen to so much different music, it's not gonna be in the same genre. Like I might hear Lil Nas X and then I might hear like Kelly Clarkson, which might be like a little country, but there's a possibility that I'll hear Lil Nas X and we'll go straight into Drake. Yeah, no. Like let's say Kelly Clarkson. She's yes, definitely you not you, you really not did. rock. So we're gonna <laughs> <laughs> we can alter that analogy. We're gonna change it. It's like with these with these new streaming platforms, you can go from hearing like Lil Nas X immediately into somebody like Billy Ray Cyrus because you know he's featured on the song and that brings in the country element. But you can also hear Lil Nas X straight into like Drake and like hearing things like that. Like that's what I need for my streaming services. Like that's what I want in my music. I don't care what we're gonna label it, cause I'm not gonna go in and look by genre in my Apple Music or look by genre in my Spotify to hear something and box myself in like that. It's almost like it's a willing box you put yourself in. The second you go, that's in that genre. This that's not my genre. Especially with country, I think that Lil Nas X hopping into country and bringing over elements of hip hop makes it even more insane because those have been the two genres that have been so clearly deemed like if you if you ask anybody for the stereotype of rap people they don't like country music they just want to hear rap and hip-hop and then if you ask somebody who like the stereotypical country person is they don't want to hear rap like and you think that both of these both of these groups of people don't value the other and Lil Nas X is like what are you talking about like it's almost like a what what does that even mean like we can just make music (laughs) like and then country's also like to a point where it's been going on for so long and it is clearly defined country, but we almost only clearly define it country by the fact that it's either acoustic or the person has a southern accent. Exactly. And then it's automatically country. And I understand like the categorization, but what if it has elements from other stuff too? We're just deeming it that based so, on yeah, how it saying. initially so, like, sounds. If a, if, a, if a dude with a southern accent starts rapping over with, a, with an acoustic guitar, what do you call it? Why do you have to call it something? <laughs> yeah. We don't need the label at this point. I'm in complete agreement. I mean, like, I, I'm i one of those people who I love I love the genre that I work in mainly, and the genre I work in mainly is hip-hop and rap. But if if we get rid of that, I don't care. Like, I mean, if you, if you want to come into my studio and you want to record a country song, I've done it before. I've had people come in with acoustics. Like, and, and I, I get the same enjoyment creating music on any side of the fence. So, like, why do we need all of these different barriers? Like, it's it's almost insane. But Lil Nas X really caught the short end of the stick because he's going to be a pioneer. And, I mean, I'm calling it right now. Like, he's going to be a pioneer of what's to come with the genre bending and the fluidity of music. Like, he caught the short end of the stick getting kicked off the billboard, and then he came back swinging. I mean, he was like, oh, it's not country? Billy Ray Cyrus is on it now. Like, and the fact that he almost, it's not that he had to do it. I know that that's definitely something he wanted. He tweeted it out, like, in December, the year prior. Like, somebody told Billy Ray Cyrus to get on this song. And, like, I know that he was probably just excited to get Billy Ray Cyrus on his track. But, like, it's almost like he had to do that to show the world. Like, 
no, this is also country. Like, the country artists actually like this, too. It's not just me. Yeah. They're, like, fucking with it. And I think that that was more from the stereotype thing that I was saying. I think that, like, Billy Ray Cyrus helped to just go, you know country people don't hate this, right? Like, we don't we don't sit down and just go, oh, your music sounds too rappy or something like that. And it's like Lil Nas X made a song that almost seemed like a joke, but when you listen to the lyrics, it's not a bad song. Like, I mean, I was I was not on the Old Town Road hype when it first came out. And then like when it when the remix dropped, I was I was in it. I was like, man, like I actually gave it, you know, the listens that it deserved. And now it's it stays in my rotation. I mean, like I got it in a couple playlists. Like things like that. Now we we've been we've been riffing on and this is a super awesome conversation, man. Like I'm like I love I love chopping it up with my homies on here. Um, but like I need to pick your brain on some other topics too. We're not gonna make this just centered around the uh, alternative music as much as we both love it. But uh, also, just like the early two thousands, like that just whole era, like uh, let's just call it like ninety eight to oh six, like because that's that's really where we keep looping back, especially when it comes to alternative genre talk. But just all the music going on during that time, like we're seeing almost a rebirth right now of all of the artists and all of the music types from that era, like. Do you personally think that it's like cool that we you know we're back up here, or do you think it's like a why are we doing this again? Like just listen to it in your headphones, like the rest of us have been doing for years. Like real, like if you really like a song, it never dies for you. And I mean, like we we have almost brought it back up. I don't know if it's hype. Like I don't know if it's just a whole bunch of people going, oh, I'm listening to this because you know it's like more hipstery to do or something, or or are they listening to it because it was a jam? Because, I mean, like, even if you think back to us in high school, we were listening to all the early 2000s hits in my car and your car whenever we drove around. Like, that was literally like, all we were listening to. We were reviving old hits before anyone, anyone thought to go on tour with them again. And now it's, like, crazy because now these artists are touring again. They're back out. They're back in the mainstream media. I mean, even if you think about what's happened since we've been in college, I mean, like, the Gorillas came out with a new album. Like, dude, Insanity. Yellow Card did a farewell tour too, and they sold out like half the shows. For real, like these, these like everybody, everybody seems to just be coming back and resurfacing. Do you think that like this nostalgia is gonna last, or is it like a is it a here today gone tomorrow? Like, are these people really fans? <laughs> like, I mean, I definitely think a good portion of them are. Like, I don't know how else you can justify going on a tour for a song that was made 13 years ago yeah but almost it makes i maybe maybe it's just me and maybe just because i know these songs have not died in my library but it seems like some of those people are going up there for like one track they're they're not going up there because you know they rocked with the band they're not going up there because they you know keep the album in heavy roto like it seems like they're just like oh there's that one song that was on the radio and i used to hear it when i was a kid this is so ironic let's go like <laughs> i mean it could definitely be that like that too but like my experience with alternative in that time period is i didn't like bands for the band i liked them for specific songs like they had certain songs that i would just love and definitely go with like they never died for me so maybe it's more of a broader thing like that like people just liked how they sounded for those specific songs and like the whole album is not consistent there yeah but, that's, that's the alternative thing we talked about the whole yeah. album doesn't have to be consistent in those genres but like the songs that stick stick <laughs> yeah no and the songs that get big are usually pretty big like yeah the i write sins not tragedies the dance dances sugar we're going down like 
I mean, a lot of those bands even revamped a little bit earlier than this. Because when you think about people like Fallout Boy, I know, like, was it 2015, 2014, 2015? They came back out. They had the Alone Together hit. They dropped an entire new, new album. album. It was good. I mean, like, it was a good album. They had the My Songs Know What You Do in the Dark. Like, man, like, they came back hard as if they never left. But they did. Like, I think uh, when it comes to the consistency, like, Panic! at the Disco has been consistent. We get an album every couple of years. They also lose a band member per album. Now it's just Brendan Airy. I don't know what that's due to. I don't think it's anything negative at all. It's just, like, there's, like, if you look at it, they lose a member every single one. And then we have uh, bands like Paramore who did a little revamp. I want to say 2016, 2017. Ain't It Fun. Uh, Hard Times is one of their even newer ones than that. But, like, these are the bands where, like, Misery Business, I Write Sense, Not Tragedies, like, those were hits back in the day, and they, they've they consistently kept shoveling out those hits. Weezer also dropped a bal- album in, like, 2015, yep. the, the White, White Album. album? Yep. Yeah, man, come on, California Kids on that one's hot. Yep. That's in the playlist for this week. No, that, that's a great album, too. You put too. me on to that one, definitely. Because Weezer, they had uh, Island in the Sun. That was a jam back in the day. That's, like, one of the those... The Sweater Song? Yeah, that's, that's, one, of those, uh, that's one of those, like... Uh, American Pie hits, like I was talking about yeah, those. Yeah. Like that's one of those. Like uh, Jimmy Eats World's another one. I don't know what is Jimmy Eats World doing now. I I have no idea. For they real. haven't done much like to come back. They aren't. They one haven't. Of the ones I don't even know. I don't even know anything. if they haven't even. I don't even know if they uh, had like tour dates come out recently. But like the middle, I know still gets play. Uh, Mr. Brightside, who makes that one? Killers. Killers. Yep. Killers tried to do a little comeback. I think 2014 ish. Maybe earlier than that. Maybe it was 2012, 2014, because they had the uh, all the things that I've done. They were still pretty consistent then. And it's like, it's crazy, man. Like, the, these artists, I think that the shine they're getting right now is well-deserved. I think that it's not a bad thing they're getting the shine. I just want to know if it's going to last. Like, I want to know if it's, like, the real alternative fans, like me and you, who, you know, we I'm listening to at least one track that's considered alternative a day. Like, are, is is it is it us pushing this forward? Like, <laughs> I mean, I really think it's just it's the sound of it. It's like what our generation grew up listening to, and it's just kind of become a staple. Like it needs to be there in a sort of sense. Definitely. Now I got a I got a personal question, and I've asked this to other people. I've asked I've asked my sister. I've asked everyone who I could possibly think of in my friend group, from like Ryan and people like that, but. Do you consider the fray to be an alternative band? You know, I could definitely see the argument. Uh, personally, I don't think I would. I'd consider I it more like I soft agree. rock. I agree. I think that that's, that's one of those ones that I can definitely categorize. And I know that uh, in a couple playlists that I followed when I was creating my alternative vibe list that I, I'm pretty sure you've seen, but... It's like I have an alternative playlist that's on my phone that's about like 200 songs deep. And like when I was looking into a, like other alternative playlists to see like how mine matched up, a lot of them had like uh, How to Save a Life, Over My Head Cable Car. And I'm like, you know, I could see why you put it in here, but I don't know if I 100% agree with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's just like they have a different sound too. That's Definitely. the other thing because they're like, they're soft, kind of like all their intros start pretty soft, and then, and then the, the chorus the is crescendo, the... and it's just it builds up, and it's not exactly soft rock, especially because they use mostly acoustics, mostly acoustics, and a lot of their instruments almost sound just like random devices that were in the room, 
Like, yeah. especially their shakers and things like that. Now, uh, another artist, another artist I want to know your opinion on, alternative or not, Mumford & Sons. They are a folk group, kind of, but I personally put them into an alternative funk categor- folk category. I mean, that one's really hard, too. They, they change album to album. I mean, like, yeah. if you listen to uh, Sigh No More into Babel, into Babel their, uh, their second album right after that, those are completely different sounds. I mean, like, when you go from, like, a white blank page to Lover of the Light, like, you're like, oh, my God. Like, this, you all are really changing, and you all really have, like, so many different dynamic qualities that create your sound. And I think that's why I give them a little bit more credit than I would the fray when it comes to, you know, like, venturing into, you know, a not-genre genre. Well, they have also created their own sound, and I don't know his name, but their banjo player is ridiculous. Like, Dude, I did not ridiculous. think banjo was hard till I heard Mumford & Sons. I did not think banjo could ever be hard in my life. And he goes off. He Dude. he is amazing on that instrument. Man, I don't know how he can do that. I but don't know either. <laughs> it is ridiculous. That's and, something you learned from, like, you grew up playing that shit. <laughs> yeah, and you could argue that they owe their sound to him because of how prominent he is Definitely. in every I, track. Their, their banjo player is prominent in, I want to say, 95% of the first album. Yeah. And then as you move along, you definitely hear the riffs that you were hearing in the first one, and then you like you can see like how he's growing and progressing. And then when you get the voices over the top, because the way that their voices sit is the only reason why I think they're still considered folk and the banjo. But like just the way that their voices sit on top of the music, the way that their voices are a little off kilter in some parts, like that's the the folk quote unquote element like of their music. But without that banjo player, I don't even know what their album could have been. Yeah, I don't I don't know where it would be. Even if it was like a simplified version of yeah. that banjo line, it would not have been the same cuz they've gotten it to a point through all their radio listens and everything like that where if you hear banjo somewhere I'm almost immediately thinking Mumford and Sons yeah, just because like, of the association with it. Yeah, you're like, oh yeah, th- this dude's killing it, but you know he ain't he ain't doing no Mumford and Sons. Like he ain't really killing it, killing it on the well, banjo. And then <laughs> even on that, like, even if it's not Mumford and Sons, eighty percent of the time. The banjo I hear is Mumford and Sons, because who else is playing banjo right now? Who else is playing banjo? Yeah, that's real life, man. Who was playing banjo before them? Who's playing banjo after? Like they were just like, let's take this instrument banjo, and man. go nuts with it. They revived it single handedly. And I'll definitely include a couple of Mumford and Sons songs in the playlist for this week. That album alone, I mean, Sign No More was so crazy. I remember when it dropped. I actually have a physical. It's so good, man. Like it's such a good album. Um but yeah, Mumford and Sons, I definitely give an alternative stamp. Like I, I think I got to do it. Like because their their sound is so unique. Yeah, and the other thing that goes along with that is the way they do their tempos. Oh, Everything yeah. is ridiculously That's upbeat. Super and... super folk type tempos too. Yeah. Like you can hear like that they some some of their songs are like in a jig type tempo. Yeah. Where it's almost like a, you can't you can't just pat your foot in four four, and I think that's what that's what uh gets a lot of people deterred from their music on occasion because like to listen to a song that's got banjo and that's got like instruments like high flutes on top and things like that you got to you got to be patient with the song almost you got to hear how the song works together like you got to listen to every single instrument layer on top of each other to get the full picture it's not just like a that 808 is going at a certain tempo and then the kick drum comes in at that same tempo you could hear a flute and a banjo doing two totally different things with a large like crashing bass drum in the back and then there's an acoustic guitar backing up the banjo the whole 
time yeah exactly well, and it's just like it's they mellowed all these sounds together so well it's it's almost chaos i don't know another way to create that besides chaos like i think you have to literally have everybody almost doing their own thing organized chaos organized chaos organized chaos is music man it's, it's straight music Man, now before we get out of here, you got anything else you want to add, my dude? You got any other topics, any other questions you're trying to ask? Cut it. No one has ever done my cut it. <laughs> no, no, I don't know if I feel disrespected or, or happy. <laughs> okay, so I have a band that I want to ask you about off definitely, those two questions definitely. about like Mumford and Sons and the Fray. Mm -hmm. So how would you classify Imagine Dragons? Ooh, God, you just got me. Hold on. I got to think, man. Uh, Imagine Dragons. I, I personally love them. I'm going to say that shit off jump. But from them, I almost get a feel of, and this is a whole different conversation, indie. Different, different than alternative Different than, you know, like, I don't even know another way to classify them. I think they get classified as pop on some of their songs. Uh, yeah, what was I that think, one song? I think it's mostly pop. Yeah, they get classified as pop a lot. I think that's a horrible They have, misname. like, Radioactive bleeding yeah, radioactive, out. Radioactive, and then they had Kendrick Lamar on the remix of Radioactive. That'll be that, in the that playlist for this ridiculous. week. Oh that was ridiculous. That was a great dude. remix. Uh, and, uh, like, if you can find it online, I'll try to find it. It gets taken off literally every time I find it. But um, there's a version of Imagine Dragons Radioactive at, live at the Grammys with Kendrick Lamar and he comes out they mix them together with uh with different Kendrick Lamar songs and it's so cold but i think that they are just indie music to the core because their songs don't sound the same at all like i don't think i've ever heard two imagine dragon songs that you can coin as like imagine dragons there's no sound that they created that is an imagine dragon sound and i know that we talked about alternative music being able to have that liberty to create your own you know thing and you know your next song doesn't have to sound like your next song like uh like the last song and things like that but when it comes to these alternative bands you still know their sound even when we were just talking about the banjo on mumford like when it comes to imagine dragons it's only the voice the voice is the only thing that i can ever put together as this isn't another this is another imagine dragon song their sound to me is just completely different every time they step up to a microphone it's almost like they go forget everything we just did here's a new one i agree with that but i also think i have to lean more towards alternative you're leaning more towards alternative for them well the basis for a lot of their songs is a lot of electronic stuff and it's not even all music noises like radioactive uses a yep. bunch of like uh alarm type sounds yeah, or like noises. random man. like industrial sounds to yeah. like make the song and i think that could definitely be classified in the alternative genre like i see where you're coming yeah. from on the indie but i think they're like melding sort of uh record whatever we can that sounds cool yeah and then we'll make it into a song and i mean uh, to your to your point because now i'm, I'm kind of I'm, i understand where you're coming from but like and now that i'm thinking even when they came on for the grammy performance they they came out with like just drums hanging from everywhere. They had like two floor toms and then they had like just like six drums hanging from like a little bar and they were just like hitting everything around them and they have this like industrial feel. Like and I, I like that might be the connection that I wasn't noticing about their music, but that I think that's them. Like all of their music does have that super industrial feel and that might be their their marker. So yeah, no, I, I I'm changing my opinion. I will also give them the alternative stamp, my man. 
But they were another one that made it huge while we were in high school there, and that's why I just wanted to ask about them. I mean, shout out to Ryan again. Yeah. Yeah, man. He's an Imagine Dragons fan. He went and saw them when we were in high school. (laughs) Yep. Yeah, no, nah, dude. High school, high school is definitely an interesting time, especially musically. Because I mean, like this, uh, this episode is so crucial to me and it's so awesome to me because of like how much we listen to music and especially in this alternative genre. Like, just it was a cool time. I mean, Ryan going to Imagine Dragons concert. I know you saw a lot of bands before they blew up back in high school. We definitely like went through high school at a time where there was a lot changing in music, and I think we'll look back as like this is a significant point in music history, the early two thousands. Definitely, man. Like, cause the early two thousands was so crucial, and I think that that twenty ten to you know twenty twenty, man. I think this is gonna be the next little decade of music that's gonna be picked from you know during you know the twenty twenties. Like when we get to twenty twenty one, twenty twenty two, we're gonna be seeing things like Imagine Dragons comebacks or like people using things such as the industrial sound banjos things of that nature like it's gonna come back man music always makes a full circle people have also made a huge jump towards using like live uh instruments and stuff again and i love that they're back i love that i fucking love it too man it's so great but look man we we're running out here we gotta we gotta finish up this episode man it was super awesome to have you on my man like super dope my pleasure Man, uh, so we're gonna have uh, we're gonna have Bob's uh, Bob's input on the playlist for this week as well. Make sure that this playlist is gonna be hot for you guys. Make sure we get a lot of good uh, alternative music songs in here. Also, don't forget to like and subscribe to this podcast as well as follow us. Like we are on every social media. You can follow us at Twitter at the Miss Ed Pod. You can follow us on Instagram the dot Education dot Pod. You can also look at our website to stay up to date on things such as the playlist and such as uh new information about you know the things we're doing with this podcast gonna have a lot of awesome guests on it was super awesome to have my homie on here man Uh, let's get out of here As I'm pacing the pews in a church corridor And I can't help but to hear No, I can't help but to hear In exchanging of words I love you too What a beautiful wedding What a beautiful wedding Says a bridesmaid to a waiter But what a shame What a shame the poor groom's bride is a whore I chime in with the haven't you people